0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Baruch Hashem, All right, for some reason tonight's a big gamachia night. I don't know why it came out that way. So we're going to start over with the Medjush Tanchuma, this week's Pasha, which is Pasha Lech Lecha. So, um, Pasha Lech Lecha begins, Be'yema Hashem El Avram, Avram, is that Avram yet? I Hashem told him, I want you, I want you to leave your land, your birthplace, and your father's house. until the land. He didn't tell him where he's going. He just said, he just told him, you gotta leave where you're at. Right? What do we always say? You can't get where you're going until you leave where you're at. Right? If you don't leave where you're at, you're gonna stay where you're going. That's why, um, the n- number one thing in, uh, psychology, the number one thing in drug rehab, is that when you come out of drug rehab, the first thing they tell you is you have to change your friends. And the places that you go, you have to change your environment. You can't you can't be in the same environment and think that you could change. So Aurelavino had to change. He had to become the leader of the world, the leader of Kleistro, and of course Hu said that for that to happen you're going to have to change your environment. <laughs> to the land that I'm going to show you, but I'm not telling you where you're going, but what he said, but ask the God Godol. Where are you going to go? I'm going to make you into a big nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name big. The you'll you be blessed. Okay, I guess if God told me, you know, go to go somewhere. I'm not saying you where you're going, but you're going to become the leader of the world, and 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 you can going to have children. You didn't have children yet, and whatever it is, you know, I, I probably would also go. So then the question is, why is this a test? But it's a test. If Hashem went to any of us in this room and said, listen, I want you to get up, I want you to leave New York, leave Brooklyn, um, and wherever you're going to go, you should just know that over there you're going to be, you're going to be the, the head of a big nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be blessed. And whoever curses you will be cursed. Whoever blessed you will be will be blessed. So I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Like what? Why is that considered a test? And last week's Farsha... Which was Pasha's Noah. At the end, we know that Avraham Avinu went into a kifshan of Eish. He went into a furnace of fire, right? Willing to sacrifice his life. And Hashem saved him. And the Torah doesn't say one word about it. The Torah doesn't say one word. You, you heard last week, Pasha. You heard anything about a fire? Or a Kifshon or anything? Right? That, the, the Torah doesn't say, but oh. The big test of leaving his house. That the Torah talks about. We got a whole pasha here named that. Lech Lecha. The whole pasha is called the test of leaving. It was a big test. Hashem promised him the world. Right? But throwing, jumping into a fire, that's not mentioned. How do we know that he was in a fire? Two little words. Actually, four words. And they went, Abraham Avinu went with his family, and he left a place called Orkazim. Orkazim the ore comes from fire, it left the place that was called a furnace oh, so then we start to talk about oorkazim, furnace, what kind of furnace why was there a furnace, and that's how we know about it, from a medrash but the Torah doesn't say anything about it so why does the Torah name a pasha lech Lecham? it doesn't name a pasha oorkazim so there's two roots, and one answer is really in, in our day and age we can understand it more than when I was growing up, and that is that if the Torah would tell us the story that he went into a fire, we would think as Jews that to become an Avraham to serve Hashem, you have to commit suicide. Now we know that there's suicide bombers and they blow themselves up. They really believe that to honor their God and to keep their religion, they have to kill themselves. So the Torah doesn't, Jewish way is not to kill yourself, you know you know, have to commit suicide so the 3rd didn't want to talk that much about this whole furnace to fire but a very great rabbi said something unbelievable and he said it's to teach us that to die for God takes a second but to live for God takes a lifetime it's much harder to live that for God than to die for God so to die for God yeah, it's a little bit of a test but it's one second and you're gone but lechlaka, that you have to leave your house and you have to leave your family and you have to leave everybody and change your whole life, that's that's much harder. So tonight we're gonna to talk a little bit about this whole story, what really happened in Or Kasdam. But um this is a subject that I talk a lot about, and I'll tell you why. Um so I don't know. This happened yesterday, the day before. It's been happening for the last couple of weeks. People are coming over to me in shul, and people are calling me that they have a child or a nephew that became agnostic and became an atheist, and they don't know what to do with them this morning. and Almost every day I get this. So, um, Or the child was doing really great. Everything was amazing. Great marks. Seventh grade. Also in eighth grade, he doesn't want to dive in, he doesn't want to put on trillion, he doesn't want he doesn't want to put on his, he started putting on man he doesn't want to put on trillion anymore, and he doesn't want to learn, and he specifically doesn't want to dive in, and we don't even know, maybe he closes the door in his room, maybe he's not even keeping Chavez, and, and like well, you gotta help us out, Rabbi right? Wall So what I have learned and we've spoken about this a lot, and my proof to this is this week's Power show And this is in a marriage, this, this is in, in life, okay? We are creature, of, we, creatures of habit. We get used to where we live, um, the language that we speak, our family, we get, we're a creature, human being is created to live, and specifically Hashem did this. It's, it talks about this a little bit in Kabbalah and Bereshus, But Hashem created us to each person to want to live in a certain environment. In other words if we all wanted to live in the same environment then everybody would live in Brooklyn and nobody would live in Alaska. Now you have have Alaska which is freezing, you have Florida which is hot, you have places in the Middle East which is even hotter, you have places in Antarctica which is even colder and why would any normal person live in Antarctica in an igloo, right? And they're thinking why would any normal person ever live in place where it's 95 degrees all the time. Some people live in a, in a, in a place where, you know, there's, there's different seasons and, and there's, some people, there's some places in the world that don't have a summer or spring or fall. So what Hashem did is, He created us, and each one of us has a certain environment that we're not native to, that we, that we want to be in. In fact, I have to tell you something really fascinating. I want to talk about environments. So I, I went to a nutritionist a few weeks ago. Um, to try to lose weight, to try to, to, to eat the right things. And the nutritionist told me, so I, I love fruit. I'm a little bit of a diabetic, but I love fruit. It's a little bit of a problem. So so I was talking about that, you know, you can't cut fruit out of my diet, whatever. We're talking, and, and the, the nutritionist said to me, you know, she says, what do you like? I'm like, plums, strawberries. Um, I like peaches, nectarines. I like summer fruits. I'm not big into apples, I'm not big into oranges, which are winter fruits, um, specifically apples. So she said to me that they find that it's extremely unhealthy when you're living in the winter and you're eating summer fruits. I said, come on, absolutely, it's very unhealthy for a person who's in a winter climate eating summer fruits, who's in a summer climate Eating winter fruits, because a person is supposed to, a person's time machine, his clock, right, works on different fall, spring, summer. So my clock in the winter, my digestive system, the way Hashem created the human being, your digestive system, turns a clock also, and your digestive system is now meant to digest apples and oranges and bananas and whatever winter fruit is, but not not fruit from chili, which I love the peaches and all that stuff that's coming from it's coming from the summer our winter is their summer and our summer is their winter so all these imported fruits is very unhealthy they, they just tell me So nutritionists will all tell you not to eat in the winter summer fruits why because it, there's, there's an environment so the way god created the world is we all want to be you know in a, in a certain environment so i like you know some people like to live in florida some people like to live in, in, in you know some people like to live in new york new york has four real seasons certain people like that, that they have four real seasons. You know, Florida doesn't have a winter. It's 75, 80 degrees. It don't, doesn't get that cold. And in an environment, it's, it's, it's fascinating how Hashem created the world. In an environment like, like, like us, where our environment has a winter, if we don't have that winter, if we have a very warm winter, then the flu and all the bacteria, right, doesn't get killed. Because the winter, the weather, the cold kills, and in a warm winter the, 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 the flu is an epidemic. Because the way Hashem created New York, is that New York is supposed to get so cold, you know, below 32 degrees, and it's supposed to kill a lot of the bacteria. But if it's if we have a warm winter, those bacteria instead of being killed, right? So the environment, whether what you eat, and what you drink, and, and actually the flu, and all these other things are controlled by the environment. And Hashem wanted us the human being to inhabit the whole world, so everybody is, you know, there are many places I've gone, like, I would never live here. There's no way, you couldn't get me to live here for a million dollars. I got to come back to Brooklyn. And there are people who come to Brooklyn and are like, are you, you people live in a concrete jungle? There is no way I would ever live in a place, I mean, I have a, I have a friend that moved to Florida because he could not handle the cold. He just can't handle the winters, he just can't handle the winters, It just doesn't feel well in the winters, Right. And then you have guys that love the winter and they love skiing and they love the cold. So that way the whole world gets inhabited, right? So You have, you have people living in Chile in South America, in North America, in Russia. Hello, we—they the they live in cold, cold. Yes, they drink a little vodka to keep them warm, but, but they live in a very cold, cold climate. And, the, and and you know a lot of Israelis. Where do Israelis move? Where do you see? Where do you meet a lot of Israelis? California, California and, and Miami. What I don't know I was ever in Hawaii, but California. Why do they go there? Because it's their weather. They don't. They don't deal with winter in Eretz Israel. You know, until they live in those areas, they don't deal with winter. So they can't. They don't want to deal in New York. So they live. You go to L.A., right? Live in that weather. So the, that's, that's 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 the environment. So we we learn about this all the time that the physical world and the spiritual world they're mirrors of each other. According to all of Kabbalah and the Zayar and everybody, there's definitely mirrors of each other. And 613 mitzvahs, 365 veins, and Ramach Evarim. You know, 240. Right? So, so, so there's a mirror in the spiritual world. That in the spiritual world there's also an environment. Right? Now it breaks down into. Um, in actually, we say this in the Tikun Leil Chatzai, Leil Shvus that. Each our nishamas are all uh, there. I think there are well, there's five. There's, there's four. There's Bria, Natsilas, and and so so. But but you the neshama of some people like to learn Chumash. Some people like to learn Medrash and Kabbalah. They're more colorful. They're more out of the box. Some people only learn like to learn Halacha. You have that are Pisics, right? They, all they, all they're, they're unbelievable in Hawaqa. Then you have people who learn, who are unbelievable in Gemara. Then you have people who are unbelievable in Chumash. you have guys who just love Medrash and Zayar and Kabbalah and, you know, and things like that. Then you have people who have it all. The neshama has a certain root. We all have certain roots. In, in now, in, we also have an environment that we're, that we're, that we're born into. You have a Hasidic environment and a Litvish environment and, and a modern environment. Now, we, as humans, spiritually, just like physically, you don't have Alaskans moving to Miami, and you don't have people from Miami moving to Alaska. That's where they were born, that's what they're used to. In the, in the spiritual, it's the same thing. So, when you see a kid who's born into a religious family, who is in an environment, his school, his home, his family, is believing is is part of Yiddishkeit they have a they go to shul and they have Shabbos and they have all this and all of a sudden he says I don't believe in God so everyone's like oh my gosh he's off the Derek and I'm like no no let's make a graph now you tell me and I take a piece of paper and I'm like okay first grade good good second grade good good third grade good fourth grade fifth grade we have the age as we're going along sixth grade seventh grade boom Eighth grade, doesn't believe in God anymore. So we go to the graph and we like, when was the boom? Like When was the first time he told you he doesn't believe in God? He came back from camp. Oh, good. Let's circle the graph right there. Okay, I can tell you right now, something happened in camp. Well, how do you know? You're a couple? I'm like, no. The environment. He's living in an environment. All of a sudden, he jumps out of his environment. Nobody walks out of the environment voluntarily. You only leave your, your environment if you get pushed out of your environment. You get chased out of your environment. Or you get pushed out of your environment. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, there's no God. A Jewish boy who lived his whole life like that, either he went through abuse or something happened in his life that was traumatic that pushed him out of his environment. And once you're pushed out of your environment, it's a free fall. You can land anywhere. Once you're out of Brooklyn... Once you decide you're moving out of Brooklyn, you may end up in Belgium, England, depending on who you marry, Israel, you may end up any anywhere once you leave that environment. But what, what pushed him out of the environment? And I've always found what's pushed him out of the environment. It's always very easy. Once you go back to that point, you know, many times it's abuse, many times it's other things, whatever it is. Nobody wakes up in the morning and just says, I, I don't believe in Judaism anymore. I don't believe in God. Which is also silly altogether, because what do you mean you don't believe in God? You never you never read all the books on God, that you can disprove the books on God, so what do you mean you don't believe? It's like a kid in Florida sitting there in, 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 at the beach at 90 degrees and saying, I don't believe in snow. Did you ever see snow? Did you get on a plane and fly to, to go skiing? No. Nope. Prove me snow. I'm sitting by the beach. You have to prove me snow at 90 degrees while I'm taking a suntan. You have to prove me snow right once And I'm like, you're silly. What are you telling me? If, you want, if you're really interested, then let's go check out snow. Now, you may see it on videos. You're going to say, I don't believe that they made that up. Just good marketing. Okay, so let's get into a blue and let's fly to New York in the middle of, the sun, of, of a blizzard. And if New York doesn't have snow, let's go even further north. Let's go to Montreal. We'll find snow somewhere. We'll find snow. But if you're going to sit at the beach, they're like, I don't believe in snow. I don't. I don't believe in snow. It's not snow. You see any snow? So I said, that's a fool. It's not. It's not eight. So I said, how many? You're fourteen years old. You're fifteen. Old. How much did you learn? How much did you know about God? Did you read all the philosophy? Did you read all the books? You didn't read anything, right? So, so how do you know that there isn't? So the truth is, he, he doesn't know that there isn't, but there's something bothering him. There's something that pushed him out. So they're like, how do you know that? How do you know that to be true? From the Torah. I'm like, Pasha Lachukha. Because if leaving your environment, right, is a natural thing, then this wasn't a test. This is considered one of his hardest tests. We named the whole Pasha after it, that he had to leave his house and his... If it's, if it's something that just happens... Right, so big deal, Abram Avinu just happened to have left this town. He got up one morning and said, "I'm out of here." No, no, Hashem had to promise him where I'm going to take you. It's going to be great. It's going to be unbelievable. You're going to grow. What do you promise him? Just tell him to leave. And the answer is that even for Abram Avinu, right, to leave, he had to get he, he, Hashem, Hashem knew if I don't promise him all these things, he's still going to have a hard time leaving. And, and anyone in this room, I mean, I don't know who's Brooklynites or not, but I'm a, you know. If I got a crazy offer to become a Rabbi Walsh and open an Ornava, you know, I'm struggling with money, I'm struggling with a building, I'm struggling with a rehab, I'm struggling with all this stuff. A guy walks in and says, Rabbi, I'm your man. I am your man. We're going to Arizona. And I'm going to take you, you're going to be the Rabbi of the Shul, and I'm going to build you a building, I'm going to build you a rehab. You're getting a million dollars a year salary. You're getting two beautiful cars. we can going to get your Maserati, right, in your driveway. We're going to build you a beautiful house. Right, you're going to be famous. You're going to be the rabbi of Arizona. I'm going to make you so famous. You have no idea, right? You're going to have grandchildren and great grandchildren. You coming? I'm like, no. I'm not interested in going moving to move into Arizona. I'm in Brooklyn. I got my Tuesday night cheer. I got my boys. I got my house. I got my neighborhood. I, I got my my or I got my Sharmu Shabbos. In, in Borough Park, that if I need a of at 3.30, I got a of at 3.30 in the morning, right? I got my Landau's that I got mignon until 11.30. I, I'm comfortable. So you, I hear you're giving me a million dollars and you're building me a house. And I'm not, I don't have that here. I don't need it. This is my people. You know what I mean? I know my shul, I know my driver, I know my neighbors, my family, my kids. My kids live here. I'm not leaving my kids, right? This is this is, this is, this is what I'm used to. What do you mean? Are you crazy? You got, a, you got a crazy offer on the table, right? And the answer is, it's very hard to leave what you're used to. It's very hard to leave your environment. So here you have a kid, right? Or a girl that she has parents, she has a family, she has a school, right? So And all of a sudden she's like, I don't believe in anything anymore. I'm out of here. So if it's so hard to leave your environment with all these promises, why is she just getting up and getting out of here? They're offering me all this and I still don't want to leave. Why is this kid all of a sudden leaving? Must be something happened. So if something happened in Brooklyn to me that I'm out of here without you offering me a million dollars. Someone hurt me. I don't want to be here anymore. So my proof that nobody, and the same thing in a marriage, marriage is going great, marriage is going great. Five years, eight years, they're really doing well. All of a sudden, this guy is like coming home and he's ranting and raving. And everything, his wife, is he comes home and he's like, and she calls him and she's like, I don't know what happened to him. I think he's having a nervous breakdown. He comes home and all he does is is, is, is criticize how I look and criticize what I do. And crit- I don't. Right, lost and he turned into a monster. I'm like, no, there's another woman in his life. He didn't turn into a monster. No husband just woke up one morning and said, I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way this. I don't like the way you cook. No. No. That's his environment. That's his wife. If all of a sudden he's criticizing you, it means there's somebody else. There's somebody else. Somebody pulled him out of his environment. And now he's out of his environment. Now he's talking with sugar. 100%. There's somebody else. And how many times older guys who are, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in them. I'm like, come on, man. You know what's her name? You know, you going with a non-Jewish woman? Like, what's up? Why do you have to get rid of God? And I deal with this all the time with kids. Like, why do you have to get rid of God? Why do you have to? You want you want to be mechal Shabbos? Be mechal Shabbos, but why do you go from being mechal Shabbos to like I don't believe in Shabbos? And the answer is because we as Jewish people, we as people, we have a conscience. And 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 I, the last thing in the world is I don't want I, I don't want to look in the mirror and, and think that I'm bad. So if God told me to do something and I'm not doing it, I'm not listening to it. That makes me bad. Nobody wants to be bad. Nobody wants to look in the mirror and say, I'm bad. they get some songs like that, right? I'm bad to the bone, but that's a song. Nobody wants to look in, in the mirror and say, I'm bad to the bone. Right? So, so what do you do? What's your, what's us human beings, what do we do? So, I can't be bad, but I did something bad. According to God, I did something bad. But if I get rid of God, then I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything bad. Because there's no God, and the Torah's not real, then I'm good. So, it's much easier than Changing and doing chuva for what you did, it's much easier to just get rid of God. And if I get rid of God, I can do whatever I want. I have dealt with so-called atheists for about 20 years now. I have yet to meet a happy one. Honestly. I've yet to meet a guy who's just a happy-go-lucky atheist. <laughs> they are depressed. They are angry at the world. It's everybody's fault. So they're, they're angry people and they're depressed people. And the medical guy was like, "Hey, let's go to a football game. I'm an atheist. Come on, let's go have a good time. You want to go for a drink? I'm gonna." They're not happy people. Why aren't they happy people? Because deep, 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 deep down, the reason I had to get rid of God wasn't because I don't believe in God. Because you have to be a fool not to believe that there is a creator. You want to start with the Torah. Who gave the Torah? How do I know the Torah? We can do that in a separate, in a separate chair. But, but nothing comes from nothing. And as human beings, as smart as we are, Google and Schmoogle and, and iPhones and all this other stuff, we still have not created something from nothing. The, I, the iPhone didn't just show up on my desk from nothing. And I would never believe you if you told me there's no human being, including the atheist, that if you told you, you know this iPhone? Nobody made this. No, it just happened. Evolution. My flip phone was sleeping one night, and when my flip phone woke up, it was an iPhone. The monkey became the human being. So the flip phone, it just, it just changed. No, no, Rebbe, you gave in your flip phone and you got the iPhone. Your flip phone cannot become your iPhone. It's a flip phone. You can't do this thing. The picture doesn't get bigger on my little Nebuchadnezzar phone, right? It doesn't. So, so I, so I said like, if you can't believe that One night, one night, your little flip phone was sitting next to you on your thing, and all of a sudden, a miracle happened, or whatever you want to say happened, and you woke up, and it became an iPhone 6. You won't believe that. You're like, you bought it to me, you did this, whatever. They delivered it in the... So then how could you believe a world, which is still bigger than an iPhone, a world with with weather patterns and wind patterns, and and there's nothing holding up this world. There's no no strings, and it's, it's just spinning. There's nothing holding it. And, and, and because it's spinning so fast, that's why it doesn't need to be held. Like, so who started it spinning? Like, how did it start spinning? So if, you, if you're really a scientist and you're really brilliant, you know there's a God. Mm. You know there's a creator, that's for sure. What do you want to call him? You want? But You know that there's a creator. So why are you saying that there's no creator? Because if there's no creator, then I'm a scientist, then I'm brilliant. There's a creator. So someone created me brilliant, so I don't get any credit. If you go into the psyche of the whole, what's really behind it, right? What's really behind it is if, if science was created by Hashem, then science has no greatness. So someone created it. But if I'm a scientist and there is no God, and I think this all out myself, then it's unbelievable. But if there's a God, so who, he gave me the brain, so I don't, I don't, it's not really me. Right? He gave me the IQ of 175. He gave the other guy an IQ of 100. So I don't get any credit for it. God gave it to me. So it takes away my individuality, my, 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 my credit, my, how special I am. So we don't, we don't, we don't become atheist, we don't move, we don't leave, we don't change, unless there is something that pushed me to change and to leave. And that's why it was such a struggle for Avram Levino. That's why it was such a big test and that's my proof what I tell everybody I'm like and if you want, if you don't think that you have to get pushed out of your environment look over here how Hashem had to push him out of his environment he had to promise him everything you're going to have children you're going to be great you're going to have money you're going to, you're going to be blessed and then you're going to be protected Anyone who could, he had to do that to push Avram 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 was the one who said I found God I'm, he's the one who found and by the way no, he didn't go to a shir that's not how he found God it wasn't HFL or online that's not how he found God he found God on his own he went through a whole process because he was really interested in finding God. So Yitakah was the atheist on the beach, right? He didn't believe he, when he, until he, for three years, until he was three years old, he did not believe there was a God. He was running in avoid disaster store. He thought that the sun was God, and there's a whole meditation on this. And he said, "Oh, the sun is God. How do you know the sun is God? Because you can't look at it. Just to close your eyes, God must be something that you can't look at." So what Moshe so said is definitely the sun is God. But then the sun went down. He said, well, God has to be here all the time. Well, the world, it can't be that the sun is God. Maybe the moon is God. Then the moon went away. And he went through the whole process, fire, water, chagadjah. He thought fire was God, but then the water put out the fire. Then he thought water was God. And the, and the animal ate, drank the water, it's chagadjah. And the animal drank the water. And he said, "Ah, oh, the animal must be God. He drank the water. And then a human being came and killed, killed the animal. He said, "Ah, oh, we're God. And he had a God, which we'll learn about tonight. His name was Nimrod. He was the king. And he said he was God. But then he saw people die. He said, "God can't die." And he's—he he, it wasn't like he got had a share. And he was like, "Wow, it wasn't a muna. It was—he worked it. He worked until he figured out that all these things are being controlled by a creator. And that's when he came to the conclusion. We'll, we'll learn about it. Get the conclusion that Hashem Echad, So, so when, when when you see in a marriage or in a child or in religion or anything, a drastic change on the graph, something pushed that kid. Something pushed that kid. And when you dig into it, it's you find out that it could be something really traumatic. It could be really something really, really bad. So I think it's a very big lesson from from um, from Pasha Lech Tlachha. And, and you should never know from it. You should never have to deal with it. But if you do see something like that, you, you have to stop trying to figure all, everything out. You just have to figure out what happened. If you can it. Fig- if you fix what happened, you can bring the person back into the environment. If you do fix what happened, if you can't fix it. We're used to so many things. We're used to air conditioning. It, it's not, it's environment. You get used to things. You get used to air conditioning. And then, all of a sudden, you need air conditioning. People, there are people actually, believe it or not, that live in a much hotter region than we do, who have never had any air conditioning. Most people in B'nai Brak, you know, ten years ago, they didn't have air conditioning. It's a hundred and ten. I was there in the summer. You can't breathe, right? They don't have air conditioning. They're used to it. I was dying. I was crazy. It was going out of my mind. I was a mama bouncing off the walls. It was like, I was there for a Shabbos once, and they had no air conditioning. It was like hundred and ten and humid. I was bouncing off the walls. And then, they all went to sleep. No sweat. No sweat. Mama no sweat. I was sweating. Mama no sweat. Because, they're used to your environment. They didn't have the better winds. you live in the desert. Right? They live in 120, 140 degrees, they have no problem working in 140 degrees. We become creatures of our own environment. So therefore, when you see a child, you see somebody, in a marriage or in any 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 spiritual or emotional situation, and all of a sudden they change. And and it's always an all of a sudden change. It's like my daughter was doing greater than I don't know. In ninth grade, all of a sudden something happened to her. She's just she doesn't study anymore, she doesn't learn anymore, she's not interested in anything anymore. I'm like, okay. We need to find out what's going on. It's not, that's a symptom. We have to find out what the disease. What pushed her out of the environment? We have to bring her back. Okay. So I want to read you a couple of. Um, so just some interest. Just before, before we go into the into the into the Khuma, there's very interesting. Um, a couple of things that just came up this week. So one it was very interesting. This girl who's um, like 27 years old and she's not married and she came up to me this week and we're talking about Shiduchim we want to do a weekend we're looking to do a weekend if we can't pull it off in January we're taking two hotels that are connected to each other and we're going to try to make Shiduchim we're going to have boys in one girls in the other and make it a weekend Shiduchim weekend I'm trying to get Charlie Harari other people and trying to get other people to come and that, like Shachanim Shachanim out there will bring like 20 each Shachanim has lifts They'll bring 20 girls and 20 boys. Next Shachon will bring 20 girls and 20 boys. You get 10, 20 Shachon, and all of a sudden you have 200 girls, 200 boys, or 300 girls, 300 boys. And then bring families, so that, and then have them have a Shabbos together. And, and, and meet, because we have to, we have to make Shaduchim. It's like, it's really crazy out there, the amount of, of kids that are not married. So, so, I was talking to this girl about it, she's 27 years old, and she's, so she says to me, you know, Rabbi, I gotta tell you something, you know, you know, I'm having a hard time with Shaduchim because nobody wants to go out with me. I have divorced parents, whatever I went through. Um, you know, so like every time I go to a shotgun, they tell me I got baggage. You got a lot of baggage. She goes, you know, you got a lot of baggage, and I don't know who to set you up, you got a lot of baggage. She goes, but Walsy, let me tell you something. This is what she told me. She blew me away. She said, I have a lot of baggage. but well, you tell those Shaduchim. So my baggage is designer baggage. I was like, I hear you. I hear you. So you could have baggage, but you could have product baggage, you know? You could have designer baggage. So I walked away, and I'm like, that's very nice. I like that. I don't know where you got the cliche line. That's a great line. I got baggage, but it's designer baggage, you know? I like that. It's very cool. I walked away, and I'm like, that, I like that. It's very positive. Very positive thinking. But afterwards, I said to myself, you know what? Every person, every Jewish person has an neshama. So if you have baggage, whatever that baggage is, whatever you went through, you need to know, you need to walk around and say, I got baggage. Everyone has baggage, but I got an neshama, so my baggage... Is designer baggage. Every Jewish person has to know that. Your baggage is designer baggage because it's got neshama written all over it. I don't know if it's a new design called neshama, but it's, we all have that. And so when I walked away from him, I'm like, that's very cool. I'm going to tell all the shatchan about you. But on the other hand, yeah, every Jew has designer baggage. So I like that. That was one thing that happened this week. Another thing I have to tell you guys blew me away. So this girl called up a I'm very interesting shaduchim now. That's my new, my new, uh, My new channel. So this girl called up um, this rabbi, and she uh, and he said to her, "What, you know, what are you looking for in a boy? Like, what's your main thing that you're looking for in a boy?" And she said, "I only know I only want to know one thing about the boy." She says, "What do you want to know?" She goes, "I was like, is he nice? Is he this? Is he handsome?" She goes, "Does he talk by davening?" Now this is a. Not such a, you know, from yucca, she's a, a professional, whatever it is. That was her only question. I said to the rabbi, like that's that's fascinating that a girl would ask such a question. I said, but I understand the deepness of the question. So let's say he does talk by davening, so that's it, you can't go out with him. The answer is yes, you can't go out with him. Why? Because someone who talks by davening is not the talking by davening, he's a kafri toiv. He has no appreciation. In other words, he's coming to Shul to pray. What are you doing? You're thanking God. If you're talking by davening it means that me, my talking right now is more important than praying to you, God. In other words, I'm coming, you're coming to Hashem's house. He didn't tell, right? So a person who talks by davening is a person who in the middle of their conversation is going to pick up the phone and talk to someone else. She's in milk talking to him by dinner and he's on the phone with, with, for two hours on business. She's not going to have hashiva. She's not going to have any importance. But she's not going to have any importance by her own husband. So it's not the it's not the halacha of the talking by davening. It's a person who talks by davening is a certain type of personality. It's a personality of like, listen, uh, Hashem, you know, right now I have something more important. And and with your karsat Hashem, it's you're kafri tov. You're not showing appreciation. You're showing non appreciation. Like instead of thanking you, I'm busy talking to someone else. So she has this one question that tells a lot more about a person. It talks about his midos, and if he's a good guy, and if he's a mensch. It talks about his frunkide, how religious he is, but mainly it talks about his, his ability to, if he's talking to someone and he's thanking someone, not to be talking to someone else at the same time. It struck me very hard that, you know, I never heard that before. Girls usually ask me, uh, is he a mensch? Is he a good guy? Is he a mensch? How's his midos? How's his midos? You know, that's a question that's always asked. But not, does he talk by the Very, very, very unusual. Okay, two other little things that happened this week. Someone came to me and said um, I had this father that came to my office and his kid was just um, diagnosed with, if everyone is diagnosed with ADD, so he's like, I don't know what to do. He says, I don't know what to do with my son. He's like, I can't, I can't. He just doesn't have zitzvah. He just can't sit. He can't focus. I don't know what to do with him. I said, What did they, what did they, what did they say? What does he have? He's like, he has ADD. I'm like. Do you know the initials ADD? If you scramble the letters, it spells dad. D-A-D, right? It's i I'm like, you know what you need to do for him? You need to take the words ADD and change it into D-A-D. And maybe if you give him more time and some more love and take him to a couple of games, you'll find out that he doesn't have so much ADD as you think you have. So that was pretty cool. Okay, maybe you don't think so. Um, and then right before I came to the shir tonight a guy came over to, was in my house and he says to me Rebbe I got to tell you something someone told me this week I'm like okay it's the week of designer luggage designer baggage you can tell me what's going on he says he says you know that in, in Hashem by us Yud gave up, Hashem's name equals 26 Yud Hei and Vav Hei equals 26 he says the not, the, the Gaisha world has a different name for Hashem right G-O-D okay ready for this this is crazy so UK above K equals 26. What does G-O-D equal? So if you take the letter G, A-B-C-D-E-F-G, it's the seventh letter. It's the seventh letter in the alphabet, okay? If you take the letter O, it's the 15th. A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O. Don't let anyone ever tell you Wallace he doesn't know his ABCs, right? So o is, o is 15. And the D, A-B-C-D, is four. So G is seven, O is fifteen, and D is four. It's fifteen and eleven. It's twenty-six. She says, even the the Goyosha world, when they when they use that, it's an English word, equals the same gematria as Yitkev Avkei. I was like, okay, maybe that's why you're not supposed to erase even that name, G dash D, right? You're not supposed to oh, you're not you're not supposed to erase it. But I thought that was pretty fascinating. Now that we're in gematrias, check this out. This just, is, this is hot off the press. So Google that, I'm not really, I'm not gonna do the Google, cause I don't know how to Google exactly. But let's look at this. So somebody handed this to me tonight. So we know we do Gematrius, right? So we're gonna do shows to the camera. So, Facebook, my favorite subject, right? <laughs> so if you take the word Facebook, spelled, pay, how would we spell it? Pay, yud, yud, samach, bays, Kuf, right? Pays 80, 10 and 10, 62, 6, and, and equals 268. Facebook equals 268. If you can't see it in the camera, there it is. Koach Amalek. Koach Amalek. We know Amalek is, is the arch enemy of the Jewish nation, right? Also represents the Satan. Koach Amalek equals the same as the word Facebook. We just started. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Next, check this one out. Check this, he, he just gave it to me. Check this out. Twitter. Interesting how you're spelling it. Tw- Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Right? Twitter equals 240. That's how you would spell Twitter. Because that's, two Vs is like a W, right? So it equals 240, which is the exact gematria of Amalek. Pretty scary. <laughs> Twitter equals 240. The word equals Amalek. Two forty equals Amalek. Here it is. Everyone, check it in the camera. Okay. Now. That's koya okay. Amalek. Okay. Now, what's this one? What? Instagram. Oh, the comments on the ha comments. Okay. So, the comments that are written on Facebook equals six sixty one Ha comments, which is the exact gematria of Lashon Hara. Okay, hot comments. It's a little, uh, I don't know, but okay. Comments. <laughs> then, this is cool. This happens to be very cool. If you take the word Facebook and Apple, right? Apple iPhone. Here, this is for the camera. If you take the word Facebook. We, know, we said, how much does Facebook equal? 260, uh, 268, which is LA. 268 is also Apple iPhone equals 268, it's pretty weird. I don't know how they came up with this, but it, it equals 268. Also a So in the deep recesses of the gematria world, the bottom line is, Facebook's not good for you. Okay. Not because of the gematria, but for other reasons. But anyway, we would like to thank you for bringing these beautiful gematrias. And you're not going to see them in the Balaturim, but it happens to be that tonight, without you knowing this, there is a gematia that I want to talk about. It's, it's, it's in the Medrash Tanchuma. Because I love to learn Medrash. Um, and this week's Pasha. Lechlecha, so you can go home and and say this over. He says the following. He says... That Avramovinu was three years old when he recognized that there's a God in the world. Okay? When he recognized there was a God in the world, he was three years old. Now... It says in the Pasik "Akev Asher Shama Avraham." Akev when when um, because Avraham listened to my voice. If you take the word Akev, the ayin in Akev equals seventy, the kuf equals a hundred, the base equals two, which is a total of hundred and seventy-two. So what the Pasik was telling us that Akiv Shama Avram. Avram only heard my voice for 172 years. Avram lived for how many years? 175 years. So for three years, he didn't believe in God. His first three years as a child, he did not believe in God until he found God. So using the word, the Pasik, he used the word akev because it was only 172 years that he believed in God. That was one of the um one of the Gamachias. There is another gematria Um I saw before. Oh, Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha equals a hundred. Right. Lech Lecha equals a hundred. Uh, this, this week's pasha, Hashem says, Lech Lecha, go for yourself, right? Lech Lecha equals a hundred. The gematria of Lech Lecha, right, together, 30 and 20, 30 and 20, is a hundred. Hashem was saying, if you leave... Where you are now, at a hundred years old, you'll have a child. What, what's the lachla? Go for yourself. What, what am I getting? What, what's what's myself? Says, you take the gematria. lech lachla. It's a hundred. Hashem was telling you that when you're going to be a hundred years old, that's when you're going to. That's when you're going to have a child. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be for yourself. So there's there's, 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 a, there's a few more that he brings down. There's a few there's a few different gematrias. But the main point that I really want to talk about. We have a couple of minutes left. Um, is the whole Avram Avinu and, and I don't know, I mean, most people do not know the story of Avram Avinu, what happened with him and Nimrod. And this whole story in Orkazdom that happened right before this week's Pasha that, uh, when he was, when he was actually, when he was actually thrown in the fire. I, I have to tell you something very interesting. It's not this week's Pasha, but I spoke about it today in Pasha's Vayera. So most of you know my nursing home story with, uh, with Lefkowitz and Friedman. Do you? You don't. You do. You don't. No, no, nobody knows that story. Really, nobody in the room knows the story. Lefkowitz and Friedman. What? That was. Oh, you were you in the in on Avenue and Coney Island Avenue. You never heard it before. Okay. So you know what? We'll we'll skip the medrash. I'll tell you this. You have to hear the story. You have to have. You have to hear the story. And it happens to it happens to have to do with next week's Pasha. You have to hear the story. This, this is the best story. So I happen to have said it today because I went to a school today to talk talk about Chesed. I think it's the the ultimate story that I ever heard in my life about Chesed. The ultimate story. So, and it's a true story and I can show you what's written. True story. I'm not telling you a story that was made up. So there was, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it in eight minutes, what I did over It took me half an hour to do over there. I'll tell it to you very fast. So there was this guy, his name was Lefkowitz. he was. He lived in a. He, he was in a nursing home. He never had no legs. He, he lost. He lost his legs to diabetes. And this nursing home had in every single room, there were two people, except his room. He was very, very wealthy, and he paid for both beds. So he wanted to be alone. He didn't want to be. He didn't want to have anyone else in his room. He was an artist. He did a lot of. He was. He did a lot of drawing. He was an artist, and he was a very wealthy guy. And. He had his own room. One day, the owner of the nursing home comes to uh, comes to, to left. He says, "Listen, I need a favor. There's this is a guy Friedman, not you, but there's this guy Friedman, and um, he he his, his children want to bring him to our nursing home, but we have no beds. And in 30 days, we're moving someone to Florida, so a bed's going to open up, and we don't want to lose him. Could you have him in your room for 30 days?" Everybody has two people in the room. Just let him into your room for thirty days. We'll discount you back, you know, that you're paying for two beds. Let him in your room. He says, "I don't know." Okay, you know what? uh, This way, he'll be able to stay in the nursing home for, you know, forever. And otherwise, he's not going to be able to to get a bed. Fine, bring him in. Okay, they wheel a bed bed into his room, another bed, and some furniture, and they bring this guy into his room. Now, Leftwitz is a very happy-go-lucky guy. So they bring this Friedman into his room and they put him into his bed and Lefkowitz gets into his wheelchair and he wheels over to this guy Friedman and he wheels up to the bed and he says Mr. Friedman welcome to Lefkowitz's palace it's an honor to have you this Friedman was the most miserable old man you ever met in your life (laughs) miserable, angry, miserable guy and he's like Get away from my bed now. the <laughs> Get out of here. And, for, and Lefowitz is like, excuse me? Just go away from my bed. He says, no, no, no. You don't understand. This is my room. And you are my guest. And if you're not going to be nice, I'm not going to let you stay in my room. I don't want to be in this room. I don't want to be in a nursing home. I don't want to be here. My kids put me here. I want to get out of here! And he's screaming and yelling, he's carrying on, and Friedman, and Lefkowitz is like, okay, tomorrow, this guy, is, I'm, I'm not having this down, nasty you know attitude in my room. I'm not doing this. So okay, tomorrow morning, I'm calling the guy up, the head of the nursing home, out of here. Okay, he goes to sleep that night, Lefkowitz. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up, and he hears this guy Friedman crying. Crying. An old man crying. Such a bitter man crying. Gets into his wheelchair, Wheels over to, 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 uh, to Friedman. He goes, Friedman, I'm sorry. Did I, did I say something, you know, to cause this? I'm really sorry that you're crying like this. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do this to you. He's like, I told you, get away from me and leave me alone. He's like, I didn't do anything. I mean, I, I, I let you into my room. I don't understand what's going on over here. Why are you screaming and yelling at me? So all of a sudden, Friedman says, okay, enough. Enough of this. Do you want to know why I'm crying? Look at my face. Leftwood says, You're not exactly the most handsome guy I ever met, but you're not that ugly, you should be crying. He goes, No, no, come closer. Look at my eyes. He says, ah, I have nice green eyes. I don't know. What, 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 what's going on? He goes, That's the problem. That's the problem. Don't you realize I'm blind? Leftwood goes, Excuse me? He goes, I'm blind. Sure, Mr. Lefkowitz. Mr. Happy-go-lucky Lefkowitz. You can see the world. You can see your children and your grandchildren. I live in a world of darkness. Maybe I should be so happy like you. Now get away from me. Now Lefkowitz is like totally shocked because he had no idea that this guy was blind. No one told him. Nobody warned him. He goes, I'm really sorry. I, am, I, I don't know what to say. Don't say nothing. Just get away from me. He says, I... I, I and he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. And he's like okay I, 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 I apologize and he goes back to his bed he was a really nice guy and it bothers him this guy is crying in the middle of the night that he's blind like what could I do for him next morning wheels back goes over to Friedman he goes Friedman I need a second of your time don't yell at me he goes listen I'm an artist and my whole life I drew I draw I do art I'm very into details listen I, I can't give you your eyesight back but if you want, I could be your eyes. I could describe everything that's going on, the park outside and everything that's going on. And I could describe it in such a way that even though you're blind, because he wasn't blind his whole life. He was just blind for the last like, 10 years. He says I could describe it that you'll be able to see it in your head. That's how good I could describe You're able to see everything that I'm describing in your head. And Friedman's like, just just get away from me. You're crazy. You're a misogynist. Just leave me alone. And left says, Okay. I'll make you a deal. And the deal is, the deal is, that if you let me do this for an hour tomorrow morning, if you let me do this for one hour tomorrow morning, <coughs> if you don't like it, I will never bother you again. I will not come to your side of the room. You can stay here for 30 days. You won't even hear me. I will leave you alone. If you give me a chance. Friedman says, you promise that after an hour, I don't have to ever talk to you again? I promise. Deal. Okay, next morning, five after six in the morning. <laughs> Freeman! Sunrise! Oh, he's very, he's He didn't tell me he's going to give me an hour in the morning at sunrise. Sunrise! And he starts telling him, and the sky's getting a little pink. And now it's getting a little bit orange. And ooh, we're going to have a nice day today. The clouds are cirrus clouds. This guy never heard about cirrus clouds, right? And he starts, and he's describing it for an hour. And he's telling him all this mishigas. And, 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 the, and the B-12 bus just, just pulled up. And, and, and there's a lady on it. She's wearing a yellow jacket. And he's doing his thing. And after an hour, he goes, okay, hour's up. How'd you like it? And Friedman says, you're nuts. You're nuts. I didn't like it. Fine, he says. Okay, I'm not going to bother you anymore. A few hours later, Friedman screams out, with come here! I want to tell you something." He goes, "You know, you are my sugar." He said, "What well, was interesting? There were a couple of things you were describing. I, I was imagining them. I was seeing them. You know, you want to do it tomorrow? Just just at sunrise. You want to do it tomorrow at nine o'clock? I'll do it again. Anyway, to make a long story short, this is a true story. To make a long story short, he started doing. It, he started doing it. They became inseparable. They became the best friends. He never left his room. No, after 30 days. And all day long, Lethwitz would be telling him, fall the leaves and the snow and then the winter and the summer and, and the lady and the poodle and the dogs. And he got used to knowing every, everybody, what time they got on the bus, what time they got off the bus. It was amazing. And these two became the best friends in the whole world. About a year after this whole thing began, one day Lefkowitz calls over Friedman, Friedman calls over Lethwitz. He says, in the, in, the, in the book, in the story, that's definitely confirmed that it's true. He called them Leftgo. He said, let's go. I got to tell you something. You know, you described the little dipper and the big dipper and the cirrus clouds and the cumulus and the nimbus clouds. When I had eyes, when I could see the world, I never saw the little dipper or the big dipper. I never saw sunrise. I never saw sunset. I never looked at kids in the park. I never looked at people. I, I see more blind with you than I saw when I could see. And I really love you. And they gave each other a hug and it was like, it was like a crazy friendship. Two months later, one morning, Freeman wakes up and he feels it's very, very late. It's not sunrise. He used to get up at sunrise all the time. And he starts screaming, let go, where are you? What's going on? Are you in the bathroom? Where you? Nothing, nothing, nothing. He starts to panic. He pulls, you know, the, the, when you pull for a nurse to have a string, he starts to pull for the nurse the string and the nurse comes in, she goes, Mr. Friedman, what, what you all excited, what's going on? He goes, where's Lefkowitz? She goes, what do you mean, where's Lefkowitz? What time is it? She goes, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, sunrise day is 5.35. What are you talking about? Where's Lefkowitz? She goes, well, we didn't really want to tell you till after the funeral. He says, what? What are you talking about? He says, well, in the middle of the night, he had chest pains, They took him to the hospital, had a massive heart attack. He's, he's being buried today at 1 o'clock. He goes... I'm blind don't don't make up stories like what are you talking about God would have taken me not him he's an angel well he took him he goes you're telling me that my best friend died and he starts screaming when you read the story he starts screaming I can't believe God you took my eyes away the second time I got back my vision through him and you took it away the second time and he was like beyond himself and he says to this to this nurse he says can you do me a favor it's 8 o'clock can, eight o'clock, you know, every single day there's this Meshuggina lady that she wears this yellow sweater and she has this little white poodle and why is she Meshuggina? Because she wears the same sweater in the summer, in the fall, in the winter. In the summer it's 80 degrees, she's wearing that sweater. Could you just, in memory of my best friend, could you just run over to the window, tell me, is the bus, is she getting on the bus? She gets on the bus at eight o'clock. Run. Is she getting on the bus? She, and she says, excuse me. He says, no, no, for my friend, just in memory of my friend, just, just let me know, cause you're going to miss the bus. The bus leaves at exactly 8.01. Just tell me, is he, is she getting on the bus? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What bus? He goes, well, you're not going to see him from here. Go to the window. She goes, what window? You, you guys don't have a window in your room. He goes, what are you talking about? She goes, your room's connected to an apartment building. You don't have a window in your room? He's like, what, are you playing with a blind man? You're trying to, she 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 goes, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's no window in this room. So he gets up and he falls over the bed and he falls over to Lefkowitz's bed and he goes to the wall and he says, come on Lefkowitz, you not, you didn't do that, you, you, you didn't make that up the whole time. And he starts feeling the whole wall up and down, up and down. Kachaya, there's no window. There's no window in that room. And he's like, I need to go to that funeral, I need to speak to his children and his grandchildren. So he comes to the funeral. And he gets up and he says something amazing. When I read the story, I was... This is the story of Chesed that he said, there are, people, there are people in this world, there are people in this world that will look out a window and describe things for a blind man. There are such people in the world. He said, but there are no people in the world like Mr. Lefkowitz. You see, because he didn't have a window. He had the same wool I had and he was willing to take his wool and turn it into my window. That doesn't exist. That was your father. That was your grandfather. He says that doesn't exist. That's true chesed. When you're having a good life and everything's great, helping other people that's chesed, don't get me wrong. But when you have a wool when you're having a hard life and you're willing to to help another person who's having a hard life you're willing to take your wall and make it to a window for someone else that's the top that's, that's the top of Chesed how do we know that's the top of Chesed next week's parasha the the parasha where Avramavinu Avinu saw the three angels he was so sick it was the third day of his bris mila. He wasn't having a good day where everything was great. And he's like, okay, who wants to come to my house? He was so sick that God had to visit him. He was such at a wall. He was in such pain. He was in such darkness. When did he do his chesed? Where he said, you are my masters. He bowed down to them. He was so sick and he bowed down to them. and He said, please come into my house. When did he do his chesed? When he was sitting at a window and everything was great? No, the worst day of his life. The third day after Bismillah, when he was so sick that God had to come and heal him, that's when he did his chesed. And that's what I got from this story. That, that, that he was willing to do that and sit at a window and do that for a blind person, that, that's amazing, don't get me wrong. But to sit at a window and use his imagination to create this, this window for a man who could not see, that's amazing. When he himself had no legs, sat in a wheelchair and looked at a wall. That's all he had was a wall. That is, that is true, that is truth lesson. So I, I, I said it over the Shabbos. and, and I feel very, very much that, and that Abraham Avinu taught us this and, and he went through so much. His father tried to kill him. His father was the one that, that had him, you know, thrown into the kitchen of Aish and Nimrod tried to kill him in many different ways and he went through such a, a hard life and Hashem pulled him out of his environment. Right, and this is a man who, on his worst day, all he was thinking about is how can I help the world. And this is our forefathers. This isn't every person in this room has it in his genes. This is our genetic makeup. This is our genetic markers. This is the chesed of Avram Avinu, our fathers, Magen Avram, our fathers, to the level where it says that Hashem said to him, "Your bracha will come before mine." In Shemana Esrei, you say bracha to Hashem, Magen Avram. So you talk first about uh, Avram, and then you say Mechayim Esim, which is what God does. Abram comes before God in Ashman Esther. Because he was, he was such an unbelievable shepherd. So I said, you know, in Shir Hashim it says well, this will end. Shir says said Shem will watch us through a window and through cracks of a wall. So they ask, well, what's the difference? And the difference is that when your mother looks through the window and she's waving at you, when you get onto the bus you could turn around and see her. You could wave back at her you see each other. But if your mother's looking through a crack so she sees you fully, right? Through the hole through the peephole, but you don't see her. So, so Shlomo Melech says that when the, when the Beis Hamidash was in existence so we saw God we came to the Beis Amidish, he saw us we saw him now we're, after the destruction of the Beis Amidish, he sees us we don't see him how do you know that? because we also have a wall it's called the Western Wall it's called the Kotel Maravi everyone who goes there to pray the wall has no windows I know the, the, the non-Jews must wonder what kind of wall is this? it has no windows it's just full of cracks with little letters in it it has no windows the wall is a wall of tears it's a wall of a wailing wall it's called a wailing wall. It's a wall of crying. So it has no windows. So how are, we, how are we going to put windows back into, the, into that wall? And the answer is that God does everything So if we take other people's walls and turn them into windows, then God will take our wall and turn it into windows. And once the Kosovo has windows, that means the basic leadership is back. That's the of, of, of every single person. And that is what is called Chesed. And I'll leave you with this gematria. Chesed Chesed is 8, Samach is 60, and Dalad is 4. Chesed equals 72. When Hashem came to give us the Ten Commandments on our Sinai, it says that God came ba'av on a cloud. What's the word av? Onan is a cloud. What's the word av? Av is ayin is 72. Chesed. Hashem travels the world on chesed that's the ultimate gematria. The ultimate gematria is av, the, the, what Hashem travels on is Klai Yisroel's chesed. And if we have the ability, even though we're going through, even though we may not be married, but we're ready to do for somebody else. We may not be doing a panasa, but we're busy finding someone a job. Right? We're going through our own stuff And we're out there helping other people. So we're talking sitting at a wall. We have a wall. I'm sitting at a wall. But I'm very busy making a window out of that wall. And we will see Hashem take a window and put it into our wall, which will be the coming of the base. Amen.